0: Greetings and welcome back to episode number 92 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We have team member Gabby Kristen on the pod today. And Gabby is such a sweetheart, such a gem. She is our social media manager, brand manager on accounts for Instagram and TikTok on behalf of MKW Creative Co. And we really get to talk about her whole journey, how she found out about MKW Creative Co., what her role is, and also how she approaches social media uh, in this ever-changing landscape. It turned out to be a really great conversation. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. And don't forget to throw Gabby a follow at the end.
1: kiss my branding entrepreneurship
0: you're listening to the kiss my aesthetic podcast i'm your host michelle winterstein of mkw creative co where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media you're in the right spot for branding marketing and entrepreneurship advice so enjoy the episode Greetings, guys, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We have an MKW Creative Co. team member today. Welcome, Gabby, to the pod.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm really excited to have you on because we've worked together really closely now. I what, We're coming up on which milestone here? Almost a year, right? We're
1: almost at a year. It'll be a year in October.
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it's been a year already. It went so fast. So fast. Oh my goodness, so fast. But um, we're going to kind of cover all sorts of stuff. You've been working really closely with one of our social media clients, Same Skin, which we'll talk about. um, And we're going to have a great, totally brainstorm moment on that, I think, on the podcast and about some of the new projects we're excited for. Yay! For anyone who doesn't know you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and who you help? Yes,
1: absolutely. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Gabby. I'm currently based out of New York City, but grew up all over, and I work as a brand manager. I do some video editing and some newsletter copywriting for MKW Creative Co., uh, my background is between the architecture and planning field, so have that as my design background, but I've always been really passionate about social media since, I would say, college. So it's <laughs> it's been a while that I've had this passion, and I turned that passion into a business, which is really exciting, and I just love connecting with people on social spaces. So I'm really happy to be here.
0: And you're really, really stinking good at it, which is why obviously you've been around for so long with the team. I think you do such a fabulous job. Um, But explain kind of how you found your way to MKW Creative Co. Because I don't even know that I know the whole story.
1: Yes. Oh, good question. Okay. So um, let's see, a year ago, I was entering a pivot, a pivot season. I was leaving my corporate architecture job and venturing back into the school space. I am currently in my last year of getting my master's of urban planning, which is really exciting. But I was in a transition space and I recognized maybe a year into working in the corporate space post-grad That even though I was working a creative job and I'm really passionate about architecture, I was missing this creative spark. So I realized that I wanted to throw myself more into the social media marketing space and just be adventurous creatively. Um, so I did that for about a year. And as, as I was planning to uh, leave my job and go back to school, I realized that I just wanted to do more. Like I, I had the capacity to take on more. And I told my one client at the time that I was searching for more opportunities in that space. And she, shout out to Sarah of uh, Coffer and Co Marketing. Sarah sent me your flyer from Instagram. Oh, okay. And she said, uh, I think that this could be something that's up your alley. And so I stopped what I was doing. I stopped the packing and I applied. <laughs>
0: amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's rewind to like this time last year. Um, okay. So this time last year, I'm be creative co wise. I was starting to dabble, dip my toe into doing more social media management for our clients. Cause I kind of hit this stage where I had clients that I absolutely adored and I didn't sure. want to let them go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, how I can I that. stay? How can we create a service that allows you to stay on and allows us to help you grow your brand knowing that I couldn't do it all myself. So I put a kind of the posting out for part-time social media management opportunity, doing brands on Instagram and TikTok. And then you've been able to work with Same Skin Community, yes. which is a brand that you currently manage. To someone who has never heard of Same Skin before, how do you describe Same Skin?
1: Yes, great question. So I would describe Same Skin as, um, first, in the social space, a really awesome digital community. Um, We focus on storytelling, connection, networking, events, women of color, and BIPOC-owned businesses. Um, And it's all from the brain of our wonderful client, Michelle, Mm -hmm. Um, and she's based out of New York City. um, And she created this space to exchange stories and support other women, which is really awesome. And yes, I currently manage them on Instagram and TikTok, but it's a really great positive space and exchange. Um, We talk about positive stories. We talk about triumphs and failures, and it's a safe space to connect with other people who have gone through Similar situations.
0: Absolutely. Michelle came to me with this business idea probably last April ish, and we finished the branding by like July. And um, I loved it because to me, same skin represents the kind of brands that I want to see in the world. And I feel so passionately about not only like talk the talk, but walk the walk. Like if you say you support, you know, across BIPOC business ownership, like you should be have that in your having that in your portfolio. If you support um, LGBTQ+, you should have that in your portfolio. Absolutely. And like, we should be supporting the types of brands that we want to see, right? So how do you feel? Because you've, I feel like, gotten really connected with the same skin
1: brand as well. Absolutely.
0: What's your personal connection? Like, where do you feel like in a lot of ways, you're such a great, um, representative of the brand and what they stand for. I think your whole demeanor, the way that you write, the way that you post, like it really is fit so seamlessly with the brand identity. So explain a little bit about that.
1: Well, first, thank you. That's so nice. Um, so I am, um, mixed. I am a quarter black, a quarter Korean and half white. So growing up as a BIPOC woman of color, um, I wish younger me had a space like this. And I feel like media that we see representation is starting to get better. But growing up, um, I didn't have something like this. So it's really cool to be able to create content and broadcast stories and build connections with other um, women who are going through the same thing. But I feel like even if I look back to my journey, kind of finding myself in college and even my journey growing myself and um, being more vulnerable and bold on social media. It was really mm-hmm. because I leaned into personal anecdotes and told bits and pieces of my story and maybe stopped posting, put together pictures and just be a little bit more vulnerable with my digital community and my friends. And I feel like that's what Same Skin is is for um, our digital community but yeah, I feel I feel like when you presented me with this opportunity and you said you're going to be managing Same Skin, this is what it's all about, and we started diving into it. I just was like wow, this is this is everything that I've been looking for personally, but also professionally. That's so, so awesome to be able to work with a brand that I connect with, um, and so even just thinking about the strategy and what we were going to do in the social space, it was really easy to slide into the copywriter and strategist role because. I'm also an ideal client avatar for the brand, um, so sometimes it just feels really intuitive when I'm creating. So it's it's awesome to align with with that brand like
0: that. But I have so much of those same feelings when I'm working with brands, and I kind of measure that as like their bragworthy factor. Yeah. It comes together so much easier when I'm the end user. Yeah, (laughs) I'm working on branding right now for a friend of mine, Krista, who has Digital Nomad Life Academy, and she's going to create this whole course programming. Well, she has created it and it's kind of going through this rebrand rebirth idea. And And in our kickoff call, literally today, she was like, Oh, you get it. Like, I said, Yeah, because that's me. Like, that's me. I see myself in those opportunities, right? Of like, it's so much easier to get into that brain space, get into that creativity when you feel like you not only understand the task, but you understand the consumer Mm -hmm. in a way that's not different from selling orthopedics. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's just something that's like, okay, like that's not something that's really relevant to me. Like that's yeah. an, or I don't know, like retainers, like th- there's things that you can think of that <laughs> I could do it, but I just, it wouldn't have the same punch as working for a brand that you really feel like, oh my gosh, like I would be a total brand ambassador of this. Like no yeah. question, no question. What are some of your favorite things about working for the same skin account?
1: I feel like we can really dream big with what we're creating. Um, I think it's because there's not a a space that already exists like this. Mm -hmm. So we can really be very inventive with what we're doing. Uh, We can take risks. And I feel like um, the followers, the digital community, the friends of same skin take that ride with us. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has been really awesome to see.
0: How would you describe the visuals of same skin? Because we're do we're not doing the typical like community-building millennial pink girl boss look
1: at all. How would you describe it? That's a great question. When I think of the visuals, the colors, the patterns, um, it feels earthy. And when I mean when I say earthy, it just feels really rooted in something. But I think my favorite thing about it is that it feels, it feels cultural. It feels researched. It feels authentic and it feels familiar. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's not millennial
0: pink. (laughs) It is not. It is kind of, in my opinion, a rebellion of that idea, right? Because we have this, we have this this 2015 to 2017 was kind of the era, the girl boss era. And yeah. where w- that's what everything looked like, right? And it was about being like entrepreneurship Barbie. And I'll be the first person to say, like, I benefit from that stereotype. Absolutely. I'm a blonde white woman in California. Like that... I check a lot of those boxes, like, <laughs> let's be real. But it also promoted a really unhealthy and a really singular view of what it's like to be an online entrepreneur, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it was very like, hey, babes, girl, boss, slay, like oh no. a misappropriation also of culture for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that. And so I think when we approach the same skin branding, and I, I was explaining this to Michelle, she's like, yeah, that was never, she's like, I can talk to those people, but I n- never felt like that represented me. Like I never felt like that was, was gave the full picture because I think, and what I've learned so much from both of you guys is how much that cultural influence and cultural representation and ornament and design and craftsmanship, like we just don't have in Western culture. Yeah. I'm like a seventh generation American. Like, yeah, I don't even have really connections to my roots on Heritage Day. My parents dress me up in red, white, and blue. And they're like, get out there. like, oh, out Go get them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't have that history of story, that history of aesthetics, which is why I was so drawn from an art history standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, I love studying that stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the same skin branding was really inspired by like, how do we bring back ornament and we bring back... Um, detail and we bring back custom and tradition because it's, there's so much cultural identity, just like food, right? Yeah, Think of yeah. all the spices that we use in other cuisines that aren't like westernized. It's crazy. There's so much similarity between all of those themes and in architecture. Like look Absolutely. at the architecture of Southeast Asia versus like brutalist architecture of, of Germany or like, mm-hmm. Europe in general, right? Um, if we look even at American architecture, which can be somewhat boring um, and very like, yeah. You know, like very, the, if we think even like back East, like very columns and like that enlightenment era, it doesn't really give you any hint as to like, what's any kind of tradition or, or history, generational history. It's really interesting. I love talking about this stuff though. So. And your architecture and urban planning, so how do you feel like what you've learned in your architecture or urban planning, how much of that can you actually apply or bring into the the social media space? Do you feel like they're related at all or totally different camps?
1: I feel like somehow I make them related inherently just in the way that I move, but things like layers and structures and even um, one of my most favorite things about diving in architecture and having some experience and practice with it is the the responsibility of creating space for people to feel comfortable. I just love that part, engaging with people in presentations, um, when speaking about the spaces that they're going to occupy and seeing them light up because they realize that someone listened to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked at a firm that did all, um, education from, um, elementary school to secondary education. And just being able to engage with teachers as the experts and just stop talking and listening to them and them lighting up when they see their ideas reflected in actual space. I feel like that carries over a lot into what we do in the social media marketing branding space. So yeah, I'm just crafting a digital safe space for people. Um, Absolutely. So I think that would be the biggest the biggest crossover besides some yeah little, little lingo we can you know cross over the lingo if we wanted to <laughs> uh-huh. no creating space is a great kind of
0: micro theme of yeah. of social right of like because we're not on social media this. The term social media is inherently about creating community. It's mm-hmm. social. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Um, so if you <laughs> approach social with only making sales, you're going to have a hard time. Then you're right. Re- you're running advertisements. You're not creating social media. You're not creating absolutely. Community. Um. So that's I think a really interesting point to make. Did you in your architecture studies ever study like do the case study on Starbucks about why they have the round tables? No. Instead of square ones, they, you yeah. didn't go over this. Okay, so oh, I remember no. this from from college. <laughs> I'm um, excited. <laughs> but Starbucks, when they first like launched their coffee shops, they wanted to create places for people to feel more communal. And the way they did that was instead of having square tables in their cafe, the tables are all round and they're small enough that you could have you know two or three people at them. But they were still like, or they were still big enough for somebody to sit there as one person and not feel like they were hogging an entire table. So it created more of this like open dialogue because the edges were round. That if you sat there as one person, you didn't feel like you were closing yourself off to anyone because there was still room on the other side, but it also allowed it to be just a little bit more free flowing. So it's very intentional the
1: way that they created the... Isn't that cool? Yeah. I'm thinking about the last Starbucks I was in and that makes so much sense. So Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. and more often than
1: not, you'll either see like a
0: large communal table and if there's singular tables, they're always round. So it's like something to keep in mind. I love that. Um, Yeah, there's other examples of this too. And I think that you picked up a good point of like listening to people and then taking what they're telling you and materializing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we've started to dip our toe in with Same Skin by hosting events. Yes. You got to go to the first event. Can you tell me, recap it a little bit?
1: Yes. The Power of the Purse pop-up, Same Skin's first IRL event. Um, I think it was in July. July 2022 summer event in New York City. It was awesome to go to that because I'm meeting and interacting with the folks that I'm sharing their stories on our platform and messaging them on DMs, replying to comments in person, getting to make those connections in person. But it was also the first time I got to meet Michelle Samek's founder. So just a lot of happy vibes in that room. But you could tell. How excited people were to be there and to have that networking opportunity and to engage in the community that we build in the comments in real life. Mm-hmm.
0: So it was mm-hmm.
1: it was truly magical. The space was packed, <laughs> and it was it was just a wonderful exchange of ideas and stories and people. We had some time at the end of the event for the women uh, of color. Businesses to speak on their story and what led them to create their business. Um, and the stories are beautiful and you can hear all of them on our Instagram and TikTok, but it was a magical, magical time and I cannot wait for the next one.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so good. I can't wait to make it more of a regular thing. Yes. And I think
1: what was so surprising about
0: this event, which not surprising to us, but surprising to Michelle, yeah. was that she completely oversold <laughs> Result the event. She thought maybe 30, 40 people and something like 120 people bought tickets. Wow. So go figure. And also a testament to if you have a really great idea, people want to support you in monetary ways. Absolutely. And I feel like this is kind of this hurdle that we're trying to get over with same skin. It's like, no, people want to buy things and they want to support you because they believe in what you're doing. And there's so much like magnetic. Attraction to what's going on. Absolutely. That I think the potential is endless. So I'm gonna kind of throw out this brainstorm for you. If you had unlimited time, money, resources,
1: where do you think same skin could go? Oh I see all the merch. Mm-hmm. I need a sticker. I need a sticker to put on my laptop at school. Mm-hmm. I see all the merch. And what gets me really excited is thinking about conferences and panels and more pop-ups, and integrating just the simple exchange of bringing people together and having a conversation about what's really important to them and blending that with all of the events that we typically enjoy, the brunches, the conferences, the health and wellness moments. I just see lots more events, but really intentional. I want a conference ASAP. Same. Same.
0: (laughs) I want a conference. I want a retreat. I want to be able to travel to Mm -hmm. places I've never been before and have someone who's actually of that culture, explain it to me. Right. Like someone who grew, like I'm dying for Michelle to do a trip in India and like show me her, her version of India, having, being someone that was born there instead of paying for the very like palatable tour guide that caters to American tourists. Like, I would want to go with the person that knows it and like knows the food and knows the traditions and can teach me things that I would have never learned otherwise. That sounds amazing. <laughs> right. I know we need to get on our butt about that. And, be like, Michelle, hello. Um, and I think that there's a lot of opportunities to, to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think that everyone's cultural identity, cultural makeup allows them to be. And there's now this, like, there's more of like a pride of where you, Came from and who you are, right? Yeah. Like I think there has been since this kind of like girl boss trope has kind of we all decided that that was a broken system. In a lot of ways, there's been a lot more space for diversity, but also there's more space for allies to come in and say like, no, this is what I support and this is who I align myself with, and these are the kind of businesses um, that I want to see in the world. I don't want everyone to look like me. I want everyone to look different because that's where we get. Better ideas.
1: Yeah. What do you think think about that? I think um, same skin is so magical because it is both about giving space for these untold stories um, and the stories that we keep quiet for a specific community, women of color, BIPOC women, but it's also a space for allyship and support, even in moments of. I I love seeing the comments blow up on same skin because it's so authentic and people are so excited to see another person win. So, you have allyship, you have a space for untold stories. It's just magical. And there's a space to celebrate sameness and difference within the same skin brand, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is White Rocks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's the intricacy of the name, right? Like, I had posted, I had posted actually. This is tea. I don't think I've even Ooh. told the story. I posted a TikTok that's like, turn these emojis into a brand. Is kind of the the premise of the TikTok. Fire, and I did a fire. few of those. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I put all the emojis of like, mm-hmm. you know, people of different skin tones, the handshake, the growth, that all the emojis that I would associate with same skin, the orange heart, like yeah. all those ones. And then I did the branding and it was, you know, same skin and it showed the logo and it showed the photos. And I got this comment from someone saying like, this is so harmful to to call diversity, same. Like, this is really, this is not okay that you as a white woman, you're designing something for a brand to like champion diversity. Because I think she thought that it wasn't a real business, which is fine. Like that's fine from like a one-off TikTok. And I said, and I'd put in the caption, like same skin celebrating sameness within diversity, which Mm -hmm. are Michelle's exact words. It's part of her mission statement. But I can see how someone who, like, didn't understand what I was going for, like, could be put off by that. How do you – how would you respond? I kind of basically told her, I was like, listen, like, this is the vision statement from the – straight from the founder who, like, is Indian-American immigrant. Like, she's – this is her whole ethos, everything. Like, this is a real project. This isn't just me, like –
1: virtue signaling in that way yeah tiktok tiktok comments can be so ruthless but i can i can even imagine this situation happening for the person who left the comments seeing it hopefully in their for you page and scrolling by it quickly and thinking halt i will let you know that i know that this is wrong so it's almost like trying to, to poke at someone that you see that's doing wrong and kind of make yourself show that you are watching out for the things that we know not to do um, but I don't know. I feel like in the process of you bringing me on and being able to be a team member and work on same skin before it even had its uh, launch back into the digital space, I see how intentional you are um as the brand designer and as the as the leader of our team. so I think I think that comment just got left a little bit too quickly because that is. That is not true at all. But I can see how a quick glance, you might miss the beauty of what the mission of totally. same Skin is. It's about totally. having both. It's the same and the difference. And we want both together. So Totally. And as soon as I explained it, she deleted the comment.
0: And then oh, after okay. she deleted the comment, I still found her account and she was a white woman. So <laughs> I guess so.
1: I guessed it.
0: Yep. I was like, that's okay. Thank you, Shelby. Thanks. Um, Thanks for taking your time to say that. It's really interesting. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I, I, I fun because it's just kind of more out of awkwardness, but I think it's something that like, we have to remember to come back to these conversations and I have to be aware of my role and my positioning of not again, like, Hiring people intentionally, taking on projects intentionally, like making sure I have diversity of thought on our Mm -hmm, team. Because mm -hmm. again, like if we're all of the same upbringing, the same, you know, background, the same culture, like, are we missing this like huge glaring opportunity to evolve? I think yes. Right. It's really, it's kind of tricky. And it's like, you don't, you don't want to, as someone that owns a business, like you kind of hit this, this teeter-totter of like, I want to make diversity and inclusion part of our vision, but I don't want to do it in, in our mission, like what we do for work. But I also don't want it to be this thing of like, it's coming off contrived or it's coming off yeah. inauthentic. And I yeah. think that's a lot of like the the talk the talk and walk the walk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You never want it to be performative. or to look like it wasn't your own idea. You want it to be an intuitive process, but that takes routine and that takes intention, which takes work. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot, but it's important. And practice and
0: unlearning and conversation. And there's so many layers, right? And I think, especially in the next few years here, like we're going to really come into this more. It always happens around a political season, um, which is unfortunate, but I think that like it sparks a really good conversation that i don't as a creator don't want to shy away from yeah. i don't want to like not put myself in a position where i'm calling out my own privilege like i'll be yeah. the first one to say it so like there's there's a lot of that happening and i think that with with same skin it's so refreshing to read these stories and i'm so inspired by people and in, in my personal life and my professional life who had cards stacked against them yeah. and then came out victorious Right. Whereas in my life, most of the cards are stacked in my favor. My parents are entrepreneurial. My grandparents helped pay for my college. Like I had the opportunity to live at home while I grew my business. Like these are all huge, huge advantages in life. Right. I was able to digital nomad travel. It doesn't negate that I worked my butt off. Right. I worked hard. Definitely. But I had a running head start. A running head start, and like I can't ignore that. And like same with everyone about this like student loan forgiveness, right?
1: Yeah, there are people that are really upset about it, and I'm (laughs) just I don't understand that at all. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I just saw a TikTok that was reacting to the the White House Twitter account responding to to folks that were upset about student loan forgiveness, explaining. Um, like what politicians' student loan numbers were and how like everyone is benefiting from this moment in Absolutely. history. I was Absolutely. like, go off White House, Twitter intern. Right, <laughs> right.
0: And I think that that's the other part too, right? Because here you are, this brand manager representing a brand. Yeah. And I've always, since the since starting my business, have believed that, and I think I get this from my mom, like buy a business that benefits from social media I have a responsibility to talk about social justice. Yeah, I have a responsibility and I would rather let it be known from the mountaintops. This is what I yes. believe than to have someone than to take specifically to take someone's money where they don't align with my goals. Mm-hmm. Because by monetarily supporting me, you best believe when Roe versus Wade got overturned, like I donated to Planned Parenthood. Absolutely. Yeah. Freaking lutely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Freaking lutely. And abortion funds. Like, hello. So if you're my client and you're uncomfortable with the idea that I would be doing that with the money that you gave me to build your brand, like that's on you because I've let that be known from like day zero, that that's part of my ethos. And there's privilege in that too, right? Like we kind of have this discussion in the Facebook group of like, not everyone is in a position, whether in their community or in the early stages of their business to let their, 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 I wouldn't even call them social justice issues, human rights
1: stance be known. And that's like, again, not the kind of world I want to live in.
0: No, I think
1: think values are so important and I'm so glad um, in any moments of uncomfortableness, um, like team MKW Creative Co team wise, you always encourage us to be upfront with our values on our individual business pages because it's just a great reminder that that is important. Um, but it also leaves space for uncomfortable conversations, which are which are important to grow for both people. So I think mm-hmm. making space for that in our in our daily lives, but also in our social our social platforms, is really important. Because, but also not unnecessary ones. Not battling yes. with the trolls, but doing yes. things to express what is important to you and what you stand for, so you can connect with people on a deeper level. Absolutely.
0: And as kind of like an ethos of running my team, like I always let you guys know when I'm going to be posting something on behalf of the brand. I always give you guys a heads up like, Hey, this happened. First and foremost, if you need a mental health break, take it. Second of all, this is what I'm planning to post. It's not necessarily not that it's not up for discussion because it is, but it's not like a, okay guys, what should I say on behalf of you? Yeah, It's like a, this is what I'm planning to say. If anyone feels conflicted about it like please reach out to me individually but i implore all of you to like figure out those values because i think we are in now way more of a value based value aligned culture which yeah. is so long overdue um that it if anything it strengthens the relationships i have with my clients and it gives me an opportunity to like attract more of that type of person that values those things into the business and repel the people that disagree. Like if you are like very pro second amendment rights and pro gun, like, I don't know that I'm going to have a lot in common with you. I just don't. This might not be
1: the the space for you. I may (laughs) not be the
0: designer for you. And there's so many designers out there that I'm sure like, I mean, they may not be screaming it from the rooftops, but I'm sure there are designers that are aligned with those ideas and aligned with, with the constitutional right to bare arms, it's just not gonna be me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Value alignment is so important. And I think it makes the brands that you create magical and it makes creating social content magical because we can all we all have the a similar way of speaking about the things that are important to us. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. We have so many more brands for you to work with. So many. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I like up. (laughs) Yeah. I yesterday I, I don't know if it was the cold brew that I had at 10 a.m., but I was like, zing, like on one yesterday. And it just so happened that like six of the seven social media proposals that we sent out, they said yes. And I was like, holy shit, like this is going to get insane. But there's a lot of opportunity for growth. And I think to the same message that we're talking about of like brand alignment, they're all very aligned and really fun. And very like so universe fun. building yes. and I can't wait to have your copywriting on some of them um, but what do you feel like oh this is like a nosy question when you oh, explain boy. when you explain how you work with mkw creative co how do you kind of explain like the types of brands that we take on
1: You said universe building, and that's definitely um, a term that we've been talking about with the team a lot. But the brands that we work with, we build trust. And so Mm -hmm. because of that trust, we're able to experiment. We're able to create things that are really rooted in what the brand stands for. We're also able to hunt down trends. And our, our brands are excited to participate with them. But I think we have We've gained a certain level of creative freedom, which makes everyone on the team just move differently um, because of the trust that we have with the brands and um, the founders and the teams that we work with, that we can really experiment. And there, there feels like there's a safe space to fail as in, oh, we didn't get um, high engagement on a post. But yeah, we have a lot of creative freedom, which makes things really fun. It
0: does. And I think that you guys in the, on the theme of trust, like I feel so lucky you guys trust me. Mm -hmm. Like I feel so lucky that you guys trust the vision that I see because sometimes I see a vision and I am not sure it is going to work. (laughs) And I had that moment big time this summer and you guys stuck on in this roller coaster. Yeah, I remember. Oh my gosh, yeah. And that was kind of the aha moment I had last night. It was like, here we have these six huge contracts that are gonna take us through the end of the year that were exactly on what I started to envision as like kind of being the shift, right? Of like, but then again, the flexibility of trying to make it fit for the client too. So there was a little bit of, I'm not going to say compromise, but there was about, it was about kind of finding, okay, where, what is this right mix of video content versus brand management versus just brand presence. And I think that when we hit that kind of rocky end of April, beginning of May, like we've got to change something because this is not freaking working what we're doing. And even though the clients were like happy to pay and happy to stay on and like they were good paying consistent clients. I knew that we were doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. I knew that we weren't giving them a return on their investment if their content wasn't freaking being seen. Um, so how do you kind of like chart out or look back on to look back on where we were at like April May to where we're at now? What do you perceive as being the shift in the social space because Instagram has changed a lot in yeah. not a lot of time.
1: Yeah, video video video. I remember mm-hmm. I remember we were really we were really banging out content um, March, April. And it was it was disappointing to see that it wasn't reaching the audience that wanted to see it. And I remember when you first brought up video and my first thought was, oh my gosh, I need to brush up on my Canva real making abilities. I need to dive deeper into video because at that point, I don't believe that I was doing video editing Mm-mm. for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we made that transition and I got the freedom um and the safe space to start experimenting there, that was really exciting because we're able to for same specifically tell stories in a different way. But I think for all the brands that we have and are gonna be moving forward with, um, it's just like this the sky is the is endless for us as far as how we can cater to the digital communities that we're working with. So I'm really excited and I can't believe how far we've come since just a few months ago when we started to think, hmm, I don't know if I don't know if we can continue the way that we've been working. So Right,
0: right. And I was sweating. <laughs> like, I was over here sweat. I was like, oh my gosh, I just brought all these team members on and we have these projects, and now the clients are not moving forward and decided to go a different direction. And I will have you know that those clients that decided not to move forward. They've been keeping their tabs on us and they've been watching what we're doing and they're seeing the results that we're getting and they're seeing how we've been able to grow these brands because like, not to say that I was right, but like, (laughs) I follow the data. We follow the data. We follow the data. We're following the data and we're making informed decisions. And I think that that's a big thing that people don't consider with social. Like they're giving, you're getting insights, you're getting information, you're getting feedback. And so if you don't go where the feedback is, you don't listen. Right, yeah. if we're not listening actively listening to what the audience wants or what the platform wants, then we're spinning our wheels for nothing. And I looked at all you guys, and I was like, you guys are way too talented for your work to not be recognized and not yeah. be appreciated in the way that I know that it should. So yeah, I think your video skills have grown immensely, which is Thank so you. fun. I-, I took I took your course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plug <Exactly>. the course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plug that course. Let's yeah. birda asterisk. Run the ad. Run the ad. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Kiss My Loops video training. That's right. I created an entire TikTok training for creative entrepreneurs that teaches them how to set up, optimize, and get around TikTok so you can create content that best engages with your ideal client on TikTok, because believe me, they're on there. And if you listen to today's episode, you know what a powerhouse TikTok can be. So go ahead and check out today's show notes at mkwcreative.co slash pod. Click on the episode and you'll get the link exactly to the Kiss My Loops training. I hope you learn a lot. If you do, be sure to message me, tag me on Instagram, uh, tag me on everything and enjoy the training. But yeah, I think there's, there's a lot more potential and I think the biggest objection to video that I hear from clients is like, well, I don't have any video to work with, or I don't yeah. have the content, or I don't have the time to make the content. Yeah, what would you recommend scary. for somebody who's in that spot?
1: Oh, good question. I think um, experimenting is really important, but you have to be open. You have to be open to trying the new thing. That's step one. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to give yourself space to experiment. That means you might have some video content that you look back on a month, two months from now that you might not love, but the, the skills improve as you go and you don't need to have a video to create a video. There are so many ways that I've learned from working mm-hmm. with you and the team that you can tell stories, you can sell products, you can share an experience with images and with a combination of the two. Um, but there are, so many, there are so many opportunities for creating what becomes a real and a TikTok that doesn't have to be too foreign from the old process that you might've gone through to create a post. Create posts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: Uh, If you had to guess what we'd be talking about in a year from now when it comes to social media marketing, what do you think?
1: Oh, (laughs) Uh, a cool, but scary thought. Um, I know we had this conversation with the team a while ago, but the NFT, mm-hmm. um, digital universe space that I am not well versed in, but um, trying to welcome with open arms because I'm a learner. But yeah, I feel like we're going to be stepping into the platforms that, we, <laughs> that yeah. we work
0: on. Right. I think it's a combination of that. I think it's also, if I had to anticipate and kind of the trend watches that I've been paying attention to recently are on the like Subscription style content, and subscription content that creates is more about like creating original proprietary content, right? Yeah, I kind of talk about this with the podcast. The podcast is not a revenue generating effort Mm -hmm. for MKW Creative Co. Right? I'm I'm not in the top hundred podcasts in the world. We're not monetizing. There's not an income stream that directly feeds into the podcast. This just doesn't happen. Majority of our listeners are also creatives, designers, social media managers. It's not really, my clients aren't really listening to the podcast. Maybe more of them are than I think, but I don't really get the sense that most of them do. It's kind of like nerd talk to them, right? (laughs) So if that's the case, what's the angle for the podcast? The podcast is my dedicated content creation, get my thoughts out, kind of like journaling, like get it yeah. out on paper kind of effort, right? Yeah. Where we get to have conversations like we just did about, about social justice, about identity, about culture, about all these themes that mm-hmm. are so important to me mm-hmm. that I don't have an, a vehicle to, to talk about or to to create content for on a regular basis, yeah. if not for this format.
1: Yeah. That makes
0: sense. I think that that's where things could go. I would Mm -hmm. die for Michelle, same skin, to create a podcast, a video show. yes. Give it to me. Give it to me. Like yesterday, (laughs) right? Yeah. And do do – because imagine the potential. If our whole – the whole brand is predicated on sharing story, Mm -hmm. why
1: wouldn't you want to hear that story from that person Mm -hmm. first – like first person perspective? Absolutely. That is – that. Yeah. We need those conversations. Oh my gosh. Podcast us now. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And what a beautiful opportunity to kind of create a rotating host. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't even need to be Michelle per se, but like, can we pass that baton and say, okay, person like you interview five people that are important to you and that have great stories that are in your networks. And then of those five people have that person pass the microphone to someone else. Like, I think that that's where content is evolving. It's kind of getting more into that, like that past the mic moment, that community builder of like pull the people in. And and I was kind of explaining this on TikTok live last night. It's like, there's a few different types of episodes I do on the podcast, like meet the team, like we're doing right now. We Yay. have client case studies, which are basically long form testimonials. Mm-hmm. Like it's an opportunity for me to shout out the client, but then also for them to say like the impact that the branding had on their business, which is great. Yeah. Or it's an opportunity for me to talk to other professionals in our space and like learn how they do things. And podcasting, I saw a TikTok uh, reel the other day that was like, podcasting is the biggest scam in the best way because it's the equivalent of can I pick your brain over coffee? That's okay. actually beneficial to the other person.
1: Okay. I like that. That's interesting.
0: Right. So it's a door opener more yeah. than anything. So yeah. I think that that's that's the vision that I could see for Same Skin that could then again evolve into the conference, evolve into all these other things. And in a world where
1: like everyone needs more video content, we might as well record it in a conversation. Wow, we're 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 doing a podcast. We're we're dreaming up conferences. I'm pretty excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should just send this to Michelle. Be like, yeah. here's your long form hey. voicemail <laughs> of like, here's your voice memo for what we think you should do with it. Yeah, we've and, been scheming, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is honestly the best part of the job is the creative brainstorming with like, I don't have to do any of the icky parts of being parts of anybody, anybody's business. Right. Like I'm thinking about this with like peach grove and polar bear. Like I don't have to worry about like hiring line cooks or like (laughs) financing the renovations. Like I can just be like, make it look like this. (laughs) like Just Just dreaming dreaming and scheming. (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like making something exist that, that hasn't existed before and mishmashing ideas and, and nothing is truly an original idea. Everything's a mishmash of what you've seen before, but because every person is unique, all your ideas kind of end up being an amalgamation of everything you've ever experienced, which is like the best a beautiful
1: collaboration of all of the things yes a collage if you will absolutely (laughs) a shuffle
0: if you will a shuffle if you will okay do we love shuffles or do we love shuffles
1: oh man we love shuffles i had a call with another client yesterday and our closing comments uh, were me saying you need to be on shuffles immediately (laughs) How can I get you on mm-hmm. shuffles? Do you know mm-hmm. about shuffles? How do you feel? We love shuffles. Shout out to you though, because you were the a. one who said, team, listen up. Do it. <laughs> shuffles <Do now>. it,
0: <laughs> Shuffle it. Okay. But imagine, so now we're going to like apply this to the podcast. Imagine same skin had a shuffles account and we were making collages of each guest and then using that as the background image with the audio from the podcast over top. Like slammed up. Got-
1: that's awesome,
0: <laughs> right? Like triple dip on your content. Like we don't need to make it harder than it has to be. We just need, yeah. the con- we need the, the meat of it. And then you can transform that in so many ways, right? It's like this ingredient that is so versatile once you have it right. And then it's just about presenting it in different orientations that makes it interesting.
1: Yeah, you have me pumped now. I'm ready to like go work on something.
0: (laughs) Great. Wonderful. I love to hear that. (laughs) Put me to work. It's Friday afternoon. I'm ready to get busy. Let's do it. Um, Cool. No, great. It's so great. And I love, I always love chatting with you. I think that you're so well-spoken and so well-versed and so interesting to talk to, especially with, with your background and bringing kind of that really like empathetic, really caring, really community forward. Energy, which I think is such a nice compliment to the brands that we like to bring on. So I'm so grateful to you, Gabby, of course, and thanks so much for coming on the pod for your first podcast. You thank did a great you. job. First podcast, crushed it. <laughs> you crushed it. No interruptions. No oopses. Like, wow, you're you're wow. good. You're a seasoned pro. Oh, Maybe you, you should Michelle. host the Same Skin podcast. Could do. Wow. Okay,
1: stop. Could do. Could do. Oh, that's, right. that's too much scheming. That's really cool, though. I won't say no. <laughs> I mean,
0: why not? We Why can not? discuss. <laughs> Why not? I really think we should just pitch Michelle. And be like, here, we already recorded an entire season of a podcast. <laughs> I like. I, I think interviewed she the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it could be so cool. Oh, I'm I just excited. Love that business. I love Me how too. it looks. I love how it operates. I love the mission.
1: It's a feel everything. good for sure.
0: It's a feel good. It's a feel good in a world of a lot of people making, creating for monetary gain. Yeah. This one genuinely feels like creating because it's necessary. Yeah.
1: It's like this important. one really
0: feels feels like creating because it's needed and that the pressure of like monetizing it although it's there it's it doesn't drive the content which mm-hmm. is so refreshing.
1: Yeah, it's so it's so much fun to create with and for the same skin community that it's like, "Oh, we could monetize this, but you know what? That's not the the first goal of what we're doing here." So mm-hmm. it just makes it a really feel good space for for mm-hmm. us and the community too. So and baby steps, yes.
0: Oh yeah, I love thinking big with you. So thanks for coming on the <laughs> podcast you. and thank have you, a great rest you. of your day. And guys, make sure you oh plug yourself. Where can everyone follow you, find you, connect with you, work with Great you? Great
1: question. Yes. Got to do the social plug. Um, so you can find me on most social platforms at it's Gabby Kirsten, I-T-S-G-A-V-B-Y and then Kirsten, K I R S T N. That goes for website. If you add a dot com at the end, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest. Amazing. And Shuffles and shuffles and shuffles follow me on both all of the pinterest products i'm there and i'm pinning
0: (laughs) wonderful wonderful well thanks so much gabby and and we'll let you go we won't take too much more of your time and we'll catch you next time and if you happen to work with our team you may just be working with gabby so um, now you guys know each other Yay! great thank you so much thank you Bye. bye The Kiss My Aesthetics book group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to nkwcreativeco slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.